is to come together with fellow believers and to worship you in spirit and in truth. What an honor, what a privilege. And so, Lord God, right now, you know exactly what we stand in need of. You know exactly what I stand in need of, Lord God. And, Lord God, I want in no way, shape, or form to anything to distract from your word and for you to speak to us today. So, Lord, we love you. We make big of you today. You are an awesome God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can go and be seated. You can go and be seated. We'll kind of introduce the, the, the message, and then we'll, we'll jump into John uh, 15. But I'm going to go ahead and give you the title of the message. The title of the message is Abide to Thrive. Abide to Thrive. Say it with me. Abide to Thrive. Now, I know when you hear that, you think, man, that sounds like one of those get-rich-quick schemes, right? That sounds like one of those like, business seminars you come to, and you're going to flip houses, and you're going to make millions of dollars, okay? That's not what we're talking about, okay? That word thrive, that word thrive, I looked it up, that means to prosper, to flourish, to grow, and to advance. And when we talk about that, we're not just talking about in monetary ways. We're talking about thriving, thriving emotionally, thriving mentally, thriving in our, in our homes, in our work, thriving in all areas of our life. And most, most, ultimately, more than anything, is thriving spiritually. Thriving spiritually. Now, here's what, here's what when we talk about this. Unfortunately, when I look around at society, I don't see a lot of thriving going on. When I look around at fellow Christians, I don't see a lot of thriving going on. I see another word. It sounds kind of like thrive, but it's not thrive. I see a lot of survive in society. I see a lot of survive, a lot of, a lot of hey, if I can just survive today, maybe I'll survive tomorrow. But here's the problem. That is not God's desire for your life. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to what? Thrive. He wants you to thrive. And so that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at it. what does it mean to thrive. Now, a couple of months ago, a couple months ago, we looked at John 14. I don't know if y'all remember that. Remember, we put this list up on the, on, the, on the whiteboard and all this kind of stuff. And we talked about our motivation. We talked about our motivation. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, what's the problem is, is what we do is sometimes we flip that verse around. We say, you know what, I'm going to keep my commandments if I love God. But that's not what the verse says. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Because it's not about a, a supposed to mentality. We talked about, remember, forcing it and then faking it and then forgetting it. And that led to, that led to fatigue and that led to frustration. That led to just, hey, I'm just done. I'm out, right? So the desire and the motivation is love. Love is the motivation for everything that we do. It's not about the rules. It's about love. And even in John 14, he tells us how he's going to help us with that, with the Holy Spirit. Does everybody remember that? Yes, yes. Okay. But here's the problem. How do we keep the right motivation? How do we keep the right motivation? We understand the motivation is love. We understand that we have the Holy Spirit. But how do we keep the motivation, because with the right motivation, we can thrive and not just survive. And we're going to look at John 15 specifically and what that looks like to thrive in our life. Now, 
just to kind of set the context, the context is this is right, at the, this is right near the crucifixion, okay? We've already gone through the, the Last Supper and all that kind of stuff. And so here are Jesus' final words to his disciples, his final words to his disciples. Now, I don't know about you, but everything Jesus said was important. Can I get an amen? amen. Everything he said was important. But I feel like his last words were most crucial. Were most crucial. Think about if somebody, if you have someone who's kind of close to the end of their life, they're gathering the family together, they're saying, hey, if I can only tell you one thing, let me tell you this. And so Jesus is with his disciples, and he's like, you've got to get this. This is so important because I'm about to leave, and it's going to be on y'all to go reach the world with the gospel. And so he's given the final word. And so that's what we're going to look at in John 15. If you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, number one, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the facts of abiding. We're going to look at the facts of abiding because we need to establish some facts. When we use this word abide, what are some facts we need to understand about abiding? We'll start in John 15, verse 1. Okay, hopefully you're either looking in your Bible or looking on the screen. If you're there, say, I'm there. Here we go. All right, verse 1. It says, I am the true vine. Now, first of all, what is the color of your writing? Red. So that means that Jesus is talking, okay? So he says, I am the the true vine. This is the seventh I am statement that Jesus has made, okay? He's talked about I'm the bread of life, I'm the way, the truth, the life. And now his last statement, his I am statement is I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman, okay? That word husbandman can say farmer, caretaker, vine keeper, okay? So we're establishing some facts here that, that Jesus is the true vine and the father is the husband or the caretaker or the farmer or the vine keeper of it. Let's look in verse 2. Just so we understand what, what the relationship of a vine to a branch is. It says, verse 2, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. The, the, the husbandman, okay? That farmer, that caretaker. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. That word purgeth means to prune. That it may bring forth more fruit, okay? So, so just this idea of the vine and the branch, okay? The, the, the branch is there to bear fruit, so if it doesn't bear fruit, he's going to take it away, but so that it will bear more fruit, he's going to prune it, he's going to purge it, and all that kind of stuff. Verse 3, it says, now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now look at verse 4. What's the first word in verse 4? Abide. Now that's that first time we see that word abide. That word abide means to remain. It means to stay. It means to continue. Now, the reason why I give you the definition, because you're going to see words like continue, remain, and abide. All the same word, okay? So anytime you see remain, anytime you see continue, that's that word abide. It says, abide in me and I in you as the branch, what's that next word? Cannot bear fruit of itself. Okay? The branch alone cannot bear fruit of itself, except it what? Abide in the what? Vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Okay, so we've established now some facts. We know who the, we know who the, who the vine is. We, we know who, who the husband is. We know that, that there's, a, there's a relationship with the branch and the vine, and without the vine, the branch cannot bear fruit fruit. Now let's look at verse 5 because this helps us to understand really what he's talking about. Verse 5, it says, I am the vine. Now Jesus has already established that, but he says, ye are the branches. So Christ is the vine and we are the branches. And notice what he says here. It says, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? 
much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, we understand this from the standpoint of what he's talking about with the vine and the branch of the, the agricultural side of it, okay? The, the branch needs the vine, and so if, if the branch is attached to the vine, then the branch is going to bear fruit. But now he says, hey, wait a second. I want you to understand it's bigger than just agriculture. I'm talking about uh, uh, my relationship with you, with, meaning, meaning us, and Christ, so we are to abide, so we, we are the branches and he is the vine. And just so we're clear about this, that, that if we, are, that we are, are connected to the vine, we bear fruit. But if we are not connected to the vine, we cannot bear fruit. Because what's interesting about this is that, okay, so abide in Christ, bring forth much fruit. Abide and don't abide in Christ, bring forth nothing. Or a better way to say this is just survive. Just survive. This survival mentality to have just enough to get me through this day. And what's really cool about this, this is probably a message all on its own, but the vine is expressing its life through the branches. The vine is expressing its life through through the branches. No fruit's coming off the vine. All the fruit's coming off the branches, but the only reason why the branch can have the fruit is because it's connected to the what? Vine. So we're establishing some facts. When we talk about this word abiding, we have to understand who's the vine, who's the branches, what does it mean to abide, to remain, to stay, and to continue, okay? Verse 6. This is kind of a sad verse. This is kind of a sad verse because in verse 6 says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but we did, um, we, we did some, we, we worked on our flower bed during the quarantine. Anybody else do that, do some housework during the quarantine time? You, re, you know why a bunch of y'all did that? Because every, anybody ever go buy Lowe's during the quarantine? Okay, we couldn't buy clothes, but by golly, we could buy some gardening equipment, okay? So, because it was packed out. And so we redid our flower bed. And so we did a redid our flower bed, and we had these bushes, and we like those little yellow bushes out there. I can tell you what they are, by the way. We plant them in our house, too. We like those yellow bushes, and then we had little, little packs of monkey grass. Well, when you, when you ever you put anything new out, you're going to have to water it on a consistent basis, right? You're going to have to water it on a consistent basis. Well, part of our flower bed gets a lot of sun, and part of our flower bed doesn't get very much sun at all. Well, we were great watering those plants during quarantine. What else could you do? Couldn't go anywhere else, right? Walmart, Lowe's, back home, okay? So we water, 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 water. Then things started to open up. We didn't water as much. Let me help you with this. The one that was in a little too much sun, it started to turn brown. My wife is like, why are you saying that? Don't say about bats about my flower bed, okay? But it started to turn brown, and eventually it did what? It died. So now we're going to have to, like, all these are dead ones over here and live ones over here. I guess we've got to take all of them out, okay, and start over. But, but anything that is, that is, that is uh, detached from the source, detached from, from the sunlight, from the water, from the nutrients, right, eventually it's going to what? Die. And this is what happens is that, 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 that if you ever tried to, to burn green wood, it doesn't burn. So in order for wood to burn, it has to be dry. Now, everything that I read in my commentaries right here is that, if you, that hey, if you're feeling dry in your spiritual life, if you, don't feel, if you feel like you've been thrown in the fire, it might be because you're not attached to the vine. And in other words, you may not be saved. Okay? 
So that's something to think about. It's like, okay, because like, here we go over here. Like, okay, like if you're attached to the vine, you're always attached to the vine. No, 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 no man can pluck you out of the Father's hand. So if you're out there being dry and, and being thrown in the fire, you may need to check up a little bit. So there's some facts. There's some facts when it comes to abiding. Number two, number two, the examples of thriving. The examples of thriving. So now we understand what abiding looks like. We, 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 he now starts to give examples of what, what happens or what, what can happen when we abide in Christ. Okay, The examples of thriving. Let's look at verse 7. And we'll kind of go through these quickly, but then we're going to wrap back around to verse 7 again. It says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So to me, the first example of thriving in our life is answered prayer. Answered prayer. How many of y'all want your prayers answered? Can I get an amen? amen. I want some answered prayer. And so there's an example of, of, of thriving in our life that we're going to see answered prayer. Let's look at verse 8. It says, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so, y'all, so, so shall you be my disciples, okay? So something else when it comes to thriving is our Father is going to be glorified, which is the ultimate goal of the Christian life. And also that so shall you be my disciples, that, that our discipleship will be, will be shown that we will be disciples of Christ in our thriving moments. Let's look at verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue, what's that word continue also mean? Abide, okay? Continue ye in my love. Notice this in verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So another example of thriving is we will keep his commandments. We will keep his commandments when we are thriving in our Christian life. And in verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. What's that word remain mean? Abide. And that your joy might be what? Full. So we'll have full joy. So I don't know about you, but if I can live a life where I have answered prayer, the Father is glorified, but I have a witness of my discipleship, I can keep his commandments, and I'm full of joy, that's a pretty good day in the Christian life. Can I get an amen? That's a pretty good day. It's a pretty good day. Now here's what we need to understand. We, re- we rush through 7 through 11 because there are examples to to thriving and what thriving looks like. We know what abiding is. We know what thriving is. But number three, how does it work? How does it all work? So now we're going to answer a question. How does it all work? How does it all work? Okay, we understand what abiding is. We understand what thriving, thriving looks like. But how does it all work? Let's look back in verse 7. Let's look back in verse 7. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Abiding, remaining, staying, continuing with Christ. Now here's the deal. God wants to speak to you. Can I get an amen? God wants to speak to you. He wants to fill you with his words. Okay? So as, as we abide in him and he in us, his words become what? Our words. Okay? Here's the deal. When you're praying God's word, Back to him, guess what he does? He answers those prayers. He answers those prayers because those are not your words. Those are God's words in you that you're praying back to him. Let's keep on going. Verse verse 8, here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. How do you bear fruit? 
According to the verse, early on in the 1 through 6 section, in order to bear fruit, we have to do what? Abide. Abide. So in, for, us to, for us to glorify God, we, 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 it glorifies God when we bear much fruit, but it, the only way to bear much fruit is to abide in Christ. And even from this standpoint, what are we called when we do that? We're called disciples. That word disciple is one who learns, receives, and follows. People will know you're a disciple of Christ, a Christ follower, if you bear fruit by doing what? Abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ. Verse 9. Verse 9. It says, it says uh, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. It says, continue or abide ye in my love. And then finally, verse 10, this is so cool. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Because here's what happens. We focus so much on obedience. We focus so much on our disobedience. But in reality, according to this verse, I am called to work on my love for Jesus, which in turn will affect my obedience. Another way to say it is I must grow in my love to straighten out my disobedience. So when it comes to my obedience or my disobedience, it's not a, it's not a did I do it or did I not? It's where's my love for Christ? Where's my abiding going? Here's a way practically to look at it. Is that me talking in the background? I don't know. Here we go. Practically. Okay. <laughs> somebody's, opening, somebody's taking out their phone because they got bored and are listening to something they don't even listen to. Listen to me. All right, here we go. All right, practically, 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 we want to fill our lives. Look at this. Practically, we want to fill our lives that stir our affections for Jesus. We want to fill our lives for things that stir our affection for Jesus. And on on the other side, we need to to take away or or put away anything that robs us of our affections for Jesus. Because when it comes to us following Christ and doing what he's asking us to do in obedience or disobedience, it's about love. It's about love. And then finally in verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain or abide in you that your joy might be filled. If we abide in his love, it produces other fruit like joy that Christ wants to be full. He wants your joy to be full. Now, how does abiding work to produce fruit? How does abiding work to produce fruit? How many of y'all are wondering what I'm doing with my little tables over here? Okay, here's my little tables. Okay. You following me, Scotty? You got me, man? All right, there we go. Good. All right, here we go. Because here's what I want to help you with. Here's what I want to help you with. Because remember we talked about it. It's not about rules. It's not about try harder, all that kind of stuff. Okay? It's about love. The motivation is love. Okay. So, to kind of answer it, what happens is, how does it work? There's an overflow effect. There's an overflow effect. Okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you. Here's a cup, and here's a saucer, okay? Now, this cup and saucer represent, represent two different things, okay? The cup is you, okay? The cup is you, and the saucer is everything God wants to accomplish in your life, okay? Or here's another way. Here's, here's everything that we get caught up in in our life about, 
Okay, so, 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 you know, okay, what does it mean about what I need to be in the home, what I need to be in the workplace, what I need to be in church, all this kind of stuff. And so that's what's represented from the saucer. So we have the cup and we have the saucer. And what happens is we think of these mutually exclusive of one another, mutually exclusive of one another. That, okay, here's, here's me, all right, and then here's all the things that I need to, quote, unquote, accomplish today or in my life or whatever like that, okay? So that's what happens, all right? Now, so here's what we do. Here's what we do. We get, we get a little bit of Jesus in the morning, right? Okay? That little, that's probably too much, isn't it? All right? Okay, a little bit more Jesus, all right? Get a little bit of Jesus in the morning. So we got a little bit of Jesus. We, we abide in him. He abides in us. We get a little bit of Jesus in, in our lives. And so then we go say, okay, now that I got a little bit of Jesus in me, now I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to go try to do all the things he wants me to do. Okay, what does he want me to do? Okay, he wants me to be a better husband or a better wife. He wants me to be a better father or a better mother. He wants me to be a better, better boss, a better employee, a better church member, a better pastor, whatever it may be. And so, so we get a little bit of Jesus during a little quiet time in the morning. We get a little bit of Jesus, and then we go over here, and we try to do all the things with a little bit of Jesus in here. When in reality, these are not mutually exclusive to one another. These are not mutually exclusive to one another, Okay. The fact of, 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 of you and your life are tied together. You and your life are tied together. Okay? So I'll use an example of this, okay? I was going to use red, all right? But I think y'all can see a little bit better of blue. Blue. Some of y'all know that commercial. The hair of blue. Probably put way too much in there, okay? I'd asked my mother-in-law about some food coloring. I said, will it turn water a different color? And she said, that's why it's called food coloring. Okay? <laughs> so I had to do that, okay? I was like, maybe it just changes food, not, in, not actual liquid, all right? Okay? So there we go. I, wanna, I don't want to slosh it or anything like that. I don't want to slosh it. By the way, I had a big mason jar, and my wife was like, you're not going to be able to pour out a big mason jar. That's going to make a mess. Okay. All right. Can everybody see? Can everybody see the water is blue? Everybody see the water is blue? Okay. So here we go. When it comes to abiding in Christ, when it comes to spending time with him, it comes to him filling you up, it is not a one-time occurrence from the standpoint. Yes, it is a one-time and indwelling, but from the standpoint of your need for him, it is an everyday, every hour, every moment proposition. Okay? And so here's what, here's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. And he wants to continue to fill you. And continue to fill you. And continue to fill you. Remember we talked about that joy that's going to be full? Okay, he wants to continue to fill you. And continue to fill you. And continue to fill you. And continue to fill you. Y'all know what's about to happen, don't you? And continue to fill you. 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 He wants to continue to fill you up. And where is everything that he's filling you up is? Where is it going? Spilling into the saucer. It's spilling into the saucer. It's an overflow effect. It's an overflow effect. So many times we're so focused on the saucer. We're focused on the saucer. We're focused on all the things we need to do. So we go out there and we 
try to live the Christian life, right? And, and when in reality, he's like, no, fill yourself with me. Fill yourself with me because here's the deal. When, when we are filled with him, it has an overflow effect. You want to be a better husband, a better wife? Here we go. Spend time with Jesus. You want to be a better father, a better mother? Spend time with Jesus. You want to be a better boss, a better employee? Spend time with Jesus, all right? It has an overflow effect. We don't need to be focused on so much of being about better husband, better father, better boss, better employee. We need to be a better Christ follower. Let's follow Christ and let it have an overflow effect on our lives. Does that make sense? So when we talk about this abiding, it's a big deal. It's not just the fact of that, that, hey, I'm attached to the vine, the branch, and all kinds of stuff. No, there's an active him abiding in you, you abiding in him, him abiding in you, you abiding in him, back and forth, constantly, all the time. And what happens is he fills the cup, but he also fills what? The saucer. He fills the saucer. It's kind of that, 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 the, 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 the seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? All these things shall be added unto you. Abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ, spending time with Him. And let me help you with this too. Here's what I figured out. No relationship grows without time. No relationship grows without time. There's something about being married to my wife for 20 years. There, there, our relationship has grown and advanced and changed and it can thrive because there was time spent together. Spending time with Christ, abiding in Him. And what we can do, we can go from just surviving to what? Thriving. Abide to thrive. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. This is our invitation. This is our invitation. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Roger, you're for my guys. Leah, you're for my ladies, okay? Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do, okay? You have a decision to make. Remember with invitation, here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to, to, to try to prompt you or tell you, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's what I want you to do.